Welcome, everybody, to the Artisan Church All-Inclusive Podcast. My name is Josephus. And I'm Reed Conley, pastor of Artisan Church. In today's episode, we will be talking about odd jobs that we've had or just jobs in general. I think just jobs is such an interesting conversation. I mean, I, I, uh, we, we have this habit. I think when we meet people, like, what do you do? What, what's your thing? And, um, but talking about what people used to do is way more interesting to me. Oh yeah, because it's part of that journey. So, how yeah, many, I'm how many paths did you take to get to the one that you're on? Yeah. Uh, so, Rich, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Rich Green, someone who's not supposed to be part of this conversation. <laughs> Why are you supposed to be? <laughs> Rich, I can't wait to hear about your jobs. I'm actually going to start us off, so, so give you just a second to think about it. You're uh, a vital part of our conversation. I brought, I brought an artifact from uh, an old job of mine. This is a, um, what do you call this, a checkbook for, uh, for a server at a yeah, restaurant? Yeah, a bill, a bill um, what is it? I forget the name book? of it. Uh, sponsored by American Express. This is from Jay Alexander's restaurant where I worked. They had a nice steak there. Uh, yeah, yeah. All the food was so good at Jay Alexander's, but the service was that in Tampa was amazing. Yes. Okay. Granny lived in St. Pete, so oh, maybe maybe I ran into her at some point. Maybe when she came to the restaurant. But so I I was a server uh, for a while. I was not a good server. Uh, I think it takes probably a year uh, and also really needing to be a good server to become one because it's not a natural thing. Um, I bumped into people and uh, and probably left a lot of sales on the on the the floor there. But why don't you guys try the Jesus fries? It goes great with it. No, I'm just picking. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I mean, it was a different time. It was a different time, but it, it was really uh, a good experience. I recommend that everybody work in service industry at some point because it is it is really important. Those people, those workers are really important. I think I think it'd be good for people to do it too. So when you're sitting at a restaurant, you're really frustrated and it's a packed restaurant and you're like, man, my waiter's taking forever to come tend to me. You, you get to see what it really is uh, that they're going through and you, you gain a uh, greater appreciation for what, what it is they actually do. Mm-hmm. I've noticed, uh, have you ever noticed that in a job you've done where you're like, it seems easy from the outside or you just don't know what all in the tail. So you, you, you kind of have a prejudgment Then you actually done the job and you're like, wait a minute, this is a lot. I think that's most jobs, right? Oh, right. like, oh, like taking pictures. That's pretty easy. You just push one button, you know, uh, wh what's the big deal? Why does it take so long? Why, what's all the setup, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or what, what, what does a pastor do all week? It's ridiculous. You only work one day a week. Right. That one, I think that one was actually very interesting to me. Like, I've never been a pastor, but like, I've seen like pastors that are like, you you're know. definitely seeing a little bit behind the curtain. Right. At this point. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. just like the calls in the middle of the night or having to be next to people's bedsides and stuff. This was my other pastor. Um, it was, right. you know, yeah. not, but I'm sure you, you know, will would do the same. I'm ready. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's crazy how pastor, much, so. um, yeah there is hidden behind the curtain of any job. Absolutely. So, so how about, this was not a strange job that I shared about, but uh, I, did, I did share some in a sermon recently. So, but you, you tell me what, what some of your jobs have been. That so maybe one of the oddest ones I had that is like interesting to explain to people is I was a, um, 
I was a clerk, so to speak, at a land center. Do you know what a land center is? A land center? Land, L-A-N. Oh, land. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the local area network. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. basically a big computer center uh, where um, you find them a lot in military towns. Uh, it's where you can go and you can play games, you can get on the internet, you can oh, send emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you don't have, like, a base of operations or if you're, like, stationed on a ship and you need to have, um, you know, access to computers, uh, that's that's where you would go. Mm-hmm. And they usually have, like, a a, a bar and then or, um, a food bar. Um, they also saw, they, they did sell alcoholic drinks there from time to time, depending yeah. on which one you went to. But um, it was a pretty interesting experience, like, um, like selling time to play on the computer or be on the computer. Right. Like, just mm-hmm. see how many people actually, like, did that. And this business model is quickly dying off, if not extinct. At this oh yeah, point, it's, because it's, yeah. that was a time when not everybody had fast internet, and you wanted to exactly. get together and play games with your friends sometimes. So you'd have like, were you open late? Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Some uh, we actually had twenty-four hour land parties uh, every like other weekend and stuff like that. So I mean, we had a lot of kids come in there as well um, because again, internet wasn't. You know, this is this is the start of the internet age. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like, um, it was cool. It was definitely an odd job, you know, though, because most times your first job is what McDonald's, <laughs> or yeah. you know, you're used to hearing that. And like, what did you do for your first job? I worked at a land center. What on earth is that? Probably met a little bit of everybody at oh, the yeah. land center. Yeah, all was... ages, demographics. Yeah, that would be interesting. Lots of long hours. How about you, Rich? What what kind of jobs have you worked that what might surprise us? Well, um, the summer before I attended college, I worked at an industrial laundromat. I'm from Smithfield, Virginia, where the hams are made. Shout out Smithfield. Oh, Smithfield. Or cured, rather. They They're actually not made do have there. a gold sign like leading into the town, too. The, yeah. The Smithfield yeah, exactly. sign. I love exactly. that. Yeah. So there was one industrial laundromat that was owned by a friend of our family. And he agreed to give me a job for the summer. And my job was we would pick up the smocks that the, the workers would wear on the kill floors in the morning and wash them and fold them and then deliver them in the evening. And so we had three piles. We had clean, which meant they weren't really clean. They were dirty, but there was nothing too significantly gross. We had dirt and then we had blood. And so, oh my gosh! Let me tell you, the uh, the disgust level was way off the chart for that job. What do you wear to work in a job like that? You know, I don't, I don't really remember. Uh, it was I, I've tried to block the memory out of you know out of my head because it was kind of traumatic. But I mean, ah. you know, pulling parts, parts is parts, but pulling them out of a a a smock pocket. Um, mm. Oh, they had pockets. Oh, yes. Oh. oh. So they they were leaving parts in the... Or in the... parts would fall, you know, ah. in, the, in the process of chopping gotcha. or slicing or whatever. They were do, de, deboweling, disemboweling, I think is the proper term. Disembowel, yeah. Dirty so, pile. Dirt pile was just anything, if they brushed up against anything and got dirt all over themselves, grease or anything like that. And and clean was just... Not to the level of 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 grease or, right. or blood. A so. simple washing yep. might do. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So did wow. you guys ever get the blood pile like back to white? Yes, or? they had some really caustic chemicals that they would use to wash these things in. I mean, just kind of like rip your face off, melt your skin kind of chemicals. And at the end of the day, I would say 99% of those smocks came out pristine white every single time. Yeah, it was crazy. Then we'd deliver them in the afternoon and start the whole thing. In the middle of the day, I would also fold in a room that didn't have any windows whatsoever. So it was exciting. I was left with my own thoughts. My own thoughts lent to, I don't want to ever do this again. <laughs> Sounds like some kind of it was a character. It was a character-building exercise for yeah. me. Yeah, wow. That is something you don't hear about every day. You asked odd. I have odd. Yeah. Well, uh, I... I think there's a probably a long list of jobs behind just about everybody it, that uh, has uh, wanted to get into the workforce in, in any way. And um, maybe that's not true universally, but uh, I just find it so interesting to hear about jobs. And um, I would like to talk a little bit more about what kind of fulfillment we get from jobs, what kind of um meaning or purpose or um you know, what what brings us to a job other than money right like i i don't think you were looking necessarily for deep fulfillment in the in the uh spray of animal parts or but well what kind of a what kind of a fulfillment are we looking for in jobs and is it possible to find it in simply a job maybe we're thinking careers now too but what do you think is there uh is it possible to find your fulfillment in what you do for a living i've got a lot of experience with this personally because um the dc crowd the people that work in government i was i was in the military for 20 years but i did tours in the dc area and i've known plenty of both military and civilians and I can say pretty equivocally true that um, most people that choose to work in government for a living, for a career, their entire identity is wrapped up in that career. It is all-encompassing, and they tend to lose track of who they are or the real things. I, I, I'm being judgmental, but what I would judge as the real things in life, family, faith, spirituality, fellowship, the things that, that make us love one another and really live for the day, you tend to lose your soul in those kinds of jobs because your identity is wrapped up in a job that, quite frankly, the moment that you walk out the door, they forget exactly who you were. They'll never remember you again. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's tragic. And those are difficult jobs to get, I would imagine, too. So if you're not bought in living trying to get that job from day one someone else is there to probably step into your shoes too so. sure there's a lot of com competition for yeah. it and there's a lot of they they you know there's a lot of false prestige that's tied into it you know with the importance of the job and who you work for and what kind of access you have to high levels of the government and things like that mm -hmm. i think um i think it it i don't think you can because who you are is based on who you are just like naturally 
um, your job is just a title. So it doesn't make or it, it, it's like a, it's, it defines like, you know, something about you. But can it be uh, true, deep fulfillment um, for a living? Like, can, can it be true, deep fulfillment? Not really, because like Rich was saying, you, you lose what, you know, the, the basis of what you're trying to leave behind, you know, mm. um, you might be, I mean, there's people who run or not run, but there's people who do sports like that. And will they be remembered in a history book or will they be remembered in like a, a stat line? Possibly. Maybe. Like one yeah. of the greatest of all time. But, you know, will your family, will there be family there to remember you? Will there be, you know... And that just, I guess, comes down to, I guess, really, it depends on whether or not you feel like your life is based in um, a family orientation. Because if you, if you, if you believe in family, then your mm-hmm. job can't yeah. be the fulfillment. You know what I mean? So it, it can, comes down to kind of like your values. Yeah, your what, values. What, what What do you value? You is go. is the is the job just a means to have? Uh, provide for my family because my family is the most important thing or is the job my identity and so like rich's example is like a really extreme one right where someone's willing to even sacrifice maybe their humanity to have this career where they're important maybe they have some power maybe they have some some sway and they can they feel like maybe they have some uh means to change the world for lack of a better phrase but but um, the other side of the coin, maybe maybe you have a job that um, you pour your life into. Uh, I'm just trying to think of like a devil's advocate type of uh, uh, example, where you uh, you find you find a job that you uh, you you really you have to work really hard. You have to put a lot of time in. Maybe you're a fisherman, right? And you uh, th- there's no days off, or you know, or they're few and far between. But you have to work really hard, and through that. Maybe you learn some life lessons. Maybe you gain some wisdom. Maybe you make some friends along the way. And I wonder if maybe a job like that might uh, have some kind of deep level fulfillment for who I am in the world uh, that I wouldn't have in another job. Or I, I'm just I'm just trying to think of an example where uh, you you might work really hard and dedicate yourself to something. Um, fully and still have some of your life left over i think you i mean so i think it's just how you word the question if you're saying can i i, I think if you wake up and they, they have that saying uh if you if you do what you love you'll never work a day um i think you can find i think you can find fulfillment in your job simply because it's you know you selected this thing so this is obviously like a challenge for you or, you know, people who play professional sports, people who are professional politicians, like they chose this path knowing that there's a sacrifice and there's a dedication to your craft that you have to have. If that is your drive, then that, yes, you that, that's your fulfillment. That is, you know, making it to that next uh, rank, making it to the next office, making it to the the championship, world championship and winning it. Like, yeah, you're you're gonna find fulfillment in that, but it it comes down to can that simply be something that fulfills your entire life? I, for me, knowing how important family for me is, I I just 
I know without photography, I can still have fulfillment in my life is, you know, with my family, you know, that, that, that would fulfill knowing that I left something behind for them in any aspect, whether it's doing photography or just going back to accounting, you know, I might, does that make sense? A little bit. I mean, I hear what you're saying about the athlete is uh, trying to achieve and if they achieve, then they'll find some fulfillment. Right. That's what I heard you say. Right. Is that Correct. right? And, yeah, roughly. And, and if you work in photography and you have something to leave behind for your family, then you will have you will feel like your life is fulfilled. Well, no, the photography side is like, okay, um, this this is a challenge for me. Like this is like this making people smile or bringing the bringing um, an unexpected result to somebody that you know they're like, oh, I'm not photogenic. For me, I think sometimes just like those people are more fun because working with them and then producing a product that they're like wow i i wasn't expecting it to be like this um that is fulfilling because you know you have this person who doesn't think highly of themselves in the moment or they don't think that they can do something and then through working through it together you kind of come up with something that they're like you know pleased with it's it's a challenge you know like there's some people who are just natural in front of a camera and as fun as it is to to work with those people i think in life the things that at least i find interesting or i want to keep going after is that challenge i don't want to do something yeah that's super simple so the fulfillment for me in photography would be you know working through those challenges or getting into an industry that is really hard to you know yeah it it, so, it sounds like it's a pairing of uh, the the fulfillment uh, as you're describing it can be where i am solving a puzzle there's a challenge for me and i'm helping someone else i'm i'm bettering someone else through this maybe maybe or providing a service that someone appreciates at the at the lowest level and then uh when those two things kind of come together and you and you make some money maybe right. you know and you're providing you know, you're you're able to survive on it then you have this this kind of a a job that makes sense and and maybe you're saying it is fulfilling yeah well i think the word fulfillment is tricky because it's like it it becomes a matter of are you being selfish or not because like can fulfilling myself through my job necessarily um isn't always going to be a good thing like mm. if i'm sitting there chasing like say i'm making good money with the photography i'm doing the challenging jobs and it's enough to support my family i think i faced this when um i was a nuclear contractor and my wife got pregnant and i'm away eight months of the year with a newborn like it's fulfilling to make the amount of money that i was making as in that job it's fulfilling to have the challenge of doing like going to different sites and dealing with different rules and regulations and overcoming them and working with different people every single time you go um it's for somebody who likes challenges that's very fulfilling but i'm going to sacrifice the my family's fulfillment of what they need from me mm. and at that point can my job serve as that fulfillment in my life that is like important to me no because mm. I, i'm i'm hurting the very people that are depending on me even though I'm providing for them everything that they need monetarily. Right. So that's why I feel like this question is hard because can you find it? If you're selfish, yes, I guess. If you want to, if, if we come from a selfish standpoint where only you matter, 
And I think that's, I guess, what Rich was kind of talking about with politicians. You lose sight of what truly matters. You miss every baseball game. You miss every recital, you know. Now, now that wasn't, my, 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 uh, my comment wasn't about politicians. It was, it was about government workers in general. Okay, I'm and, sorry. No, I, wasn't no, trying I just to, want to yeah. clarify because, <clears throat> because it, it, does, it does make a difference. Um, and the divorce rate amongst those people is pretty high. Gotcha. Because they do make that, they make that choice that this is going to come first. And so many of them lose the, ba- the work-life balance because of it. Okay. So, but yeah, like, the, okay, I got what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah, the fulfillment is kind of a very broad subject. So using that word uh, opens up a lot of ideas because we're all going to be fulfilled in different ways, either by achieving or by... Uh, by creating or by uh, helping. I think um, another interesting part of looking at jobs would be looking at how it shapes our identity and what a job shapes and makes us into, but also how we, how we define ourselves by what we do. And, uh, Kind of like like a, a minor example. This would be we were talking about this yesterday. What you drive, the car you drive, can sometimes become a little bit of your identity. Like I had a Jeep once, and I, I you know when I pull up in a Jeep and I saw somebody else with a Jeep, we always waved at each other. <laughs> it was just it's like sort of like the, the motorcycles where they do the yeah the, they do the peace sign yeah yeah, yeah 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 do the peace sign yeah so uh, it, you know it's this unwritten rule uh, that oh yeah you're a jeep driver and, and you see I've seen in a parade there was there was a parade with jeeps in it that, gosh there was jeeps going all the way down the, the miles of jeeps um, anyway that's just one example of how um, what what we do like and, and not just the things that we own but uh, the job that we own can become a piece of our identity. So I, I wonder if we could talk about maybe some of the ways that that is a positive thing uh, and ways that that could be a negative thing. I think um, as as photographers, me and Rich are photographers, um, We there's this like nerdy, like you know when you see another photographer when you like get around other photographers there's like this 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 little like nerd fest that happens where you're like looking at (laughs) each other's equipment and you know you're kind of like picking out like oh why'd you go canon or why'd you go nikon why'd you go sony and you know you you start off having that little rivalry right but then you kind of because you're gonna be a canon guy right right or or a sony guy or whatever and then you break through that, that that little wall of, you know, just jarring one another or jabbing one another. And then all of a sudden it just comes down to like, no, really, I do I, I do have an appreciation for what your camera system is. And it's really interesting, the technology they have in it. And then it just, you know, you just start nerding out on it and showing each other, you, you know, your work and whatnot. And it's just like the passion that comes out because it is very creating, uh, creative to make photographs and um you know, just see different techniques people have have done or you're like, how'd you do that? You know, so I think um, for photographers, at least um, it sparks a create a, a, a creativeness in you that makes you want to go out and do better. When when I meet a new photographer and they show me their their portfolio for the first time or their body of work 
And it, you know, it might not be something I've done, or it might be something that's, you know, in the, in the wheelhouse, I'm just like re-inspired to go out and not necessarily mimic that style, but just see if I can reverse engineer it and see if there's anything in there that I can add to my style that makes sense um to kind of freshen it yeah. up so I'm, I'm hearing you say like uh the, the the inspiration piece of being in that group of creators uh is a driving thing that keeps you going forward and it keep that so that's that's part of who you are when you carry around a camera so you are you are uh living into that inspiration on a regular basis and, and but the negative comes in where it's your like so say you have your niche or say you're, you're doing really well in your lane and that drive to constantly innovate or that drive to do something can you can get lost in the like we call i get i call it getting lost in the sauce like you can like oh i need to go get a new piece of equipment now because like you know that you know you you start to overanalyze what's working or not working in your own because you see something that someone else has or you know it can it can quickly spiral that inspiration can quickly spiral into you know feeling like you need to do something else when what you're doing works mm. I, I think another aspect of letting our job or our career become our identity is that we build up a set of expectations based around that identity. So <clears throat> again, this is, you know, having spent the majority of my adult life in the military, the military re realized that this is a problem for people who are exiting the military for whatever reason, whether they're retiring after a career, or maybe they've done a couple of tours and they, and they decided they're going to go do something else with the rest of their life. And they actually set up these these programs called um, transition assistance programs. And it allows you to sort of get the idea of where that ident that military identity needs to be dropped off and a civilian identity needs to be adopted because it's really, really hard for a lot of military people, m myself included, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to self-admit here, to transition away from, you know, my expectations in the military were different because I was an officer. If I wanted something done or I needed something done, I would ask for it to be done. And I could expect that the people that I asked to do it were going to do it to the best of their ability. And I wouldn't, you know, if they're properly trained, I shouldn't have to follow up behind them or, you know, there's a certain level of competence. And so when that doesn't happen on the civilian side of, of life, and most of us don't live to those kinds of rigid standards, my expectations aren't met and I get very frustrated. And what I needed to do was sort of learn to decouple my identity as an officer in the military away from my identity as Rich Green, just the person, just somebody who needs to get by in life and let pe other, right. and, and give other people encouragement. So. Mm -hmm. I think that that same thought process could be translated to to the photography lane as well, where you have a set of expectations for yourself as a photographer. You want to be successful as a photographer. Uh, and, and that could be any job, right? Where you want to you want to gradually get better. You want to get paid more. You want to be seen as someone. And that, that outside perspective comes in too. Like, what do, what do my peers think of me in my job? And so all of that can leak into, well... I need to spend more time on it. I need to pour more of my energy into it. And 
or I need to get more gear, you know? And so then it's like you, you're climbing this ladder. Do I have value in this? Do I, yeah. do, am I valuable to this community or, you know? I don't mm-hmm. know if you notice this in photography communities, but one thing that I've actually been having to kind of face uh, in my own self is my idea of what I want to do versus my idea of what I'm supposed to do. Uh, because like, I don't think doing um, kids photos at rec centers is the most fun thing, but it it's something that I'm good at. It's something that um, I get paid pretty well to do on, you know, so it's, it's like, why are you fighting the, the current? You know, mm. if this is if this is the lane you should be in, you know, and I think a lot of photographers, if you like if we sat down with them, could attest to like, I wanted to do this. But what I was basically what pays the bills with. Is this. Yeah, yeah. What's, what most people want from me is right. this. Right. And or, it's, or it's, it's just the opportunity that, that you have in this particular season of your career. And so and that's yeah. hard when you're being when you're doing a creative job to be told that. Yeah, I know you. You you know you think you're good at this, but hey, this is actually what we want to see from you. Come, come do this like yeah. way less creative way of doing your job, right? <laughs> but yeah. not you know to switch gears from um, photography. I I guarantee there has to be some difficulties being a pastor, especially having four kids. Right? Is it four? I, I I lose count. No, I'm just uh, me too. No, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be a hard job being constantly on call, like, and not necessarily like you know we, everybody knows Sundays, but like you know throughout the whole week, just having something to do or having like it has to be really taxing when you have you know that type of situation. Well, I think my role is, is even a little bit different from most typical pastors or the traditional pastor job in that is we're building a community from scratch. I get to wear, I get to wear lots of different hats. So I get to be the tech team. I get to be the music team. I get to be the the preaching team and the communications team and the, and, uh, and everything. So uh, I think sometimes in my world, my identity uh, can get wrapped up in, the success of all those different areas that all require some attention and some time. And so um, uh, it could be easy for someone in my position to find those things seeping into all areas of my life because I'm also not, I'm not on the, the clock. Uh, there's things that need to get done. And so, uh, you know, I can, I can let that work come home with me and I can bring my family into that work with me. Um, they come to support dad. It sounds like it sounds Sunday, like uh, what I face with small business, like like being a small business startup. It's very much like you, that. Like you're you're doing yeah. like I'm doing all the editing, I'm doing all the shooting, mm-hmm. I'm doing all the scheduling, I'm doing all the planning. Like yeah. it's it's like, and then you get caught up in how hard it is to let something go. Like yeah. you know, hey, well, can can you plan for me because I, you know anybody can write in the calendar. All right, you got to be here at this time. But can you write it how I want it? Oh, to be right. Written? You, you know yeah, I mean? in a creative job. Yeah, right. that's you, so, you're like giving away a piece of yourself because right. that's. So Do you find absolutely. it hard with uh, some of your your tasks that like you want to assign to someone else, and it's just like oh, definitely, definitely, and that's another that's a whole other skill set is being a leader of others, and uh, and and so that requires a certain amount of attention and and. And, and growing people alongside of whatever we're doing, whatever we're making. 
So absolutely, that's. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the and, and what one of the things we were talking about yesterday was um, in the job that you have, um, it, you're here to help. You're here to help in many different ways, help people spiritually, help people to um, realize their worth and to realize their worth to God and, and, and to, to grow in that fellowship. Sometimes when we're assisting others, if it's not going to, to work out to be as successful as we would hope, we can internalize that as personal failure. And it can get very frustrating um, you know, if you, if you want to see, you know, you believe in what you do, you want to see that other person be successful. And if for some reason it just doesn't work out, it, it's hard to divorce yourself, who you are and your identity from that success or failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about, I think, uh, the phrase carrying around other people's stuff <laughs> it was, yeah. is part of, well, it's a part of, of trying to help anyone. I think that you could experience that in counseling or in uh, in many other different professions, teaching. Yep. Um, high but, burnout professions, by the way. I mean, like social workers are some of the, the highest burnout. Yeah. And one of the most interesting things uh, talking about social work, I was actually walking outside to meet my son's therapist one time, and she was actually in the car crying. And it made me think, like, because I was actually irritated with my son at the time. I was like, man, she hears everyone's problems. And, you know, who hears hers? Or, you know, how does she decompress? Because I I couldn't imagine becoming part of people's lives, you know, even momentarily. And just hearing the problems. And maybe you do fix some of them from time to time. But then, you know, you're on a schedule of you only have six months with these people. And... You know, if you don't fix it, you know, you're leaving them and, you know, you hope you leave them in a better standpoint, but some kids just don't adjust in six months. And so Uh, I I couldn't imagine, like, it made me instantly think like, wow, man, what she does for a living is really hard because you're dealing with kids you want to, to save or you want to at least help. And, you know, your last, the last job or situation you left, you weren't fully you know, decompress from and you're, you know, bringing that out front and And trying to, A person who does that job, they're going to have to be an empath, right? They're going to have to connect on an emotional level. So then they have it all built up. Crying in her car, that might have been the healthiest thing she could do. Oh, 100%. You know, and then you think, oh, this this is tearing her apart, but she's just using what she has to be, what she needs to be in that role. I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago, Josephus. You, You were talking about your job and saying... Uh, the difference between what uh, you wanted to do and what you really needed to do. And I wonder if we could talk about that in the sense of what God calls us to have in our identity and in what we what we do, what we do as uh, children of God. And, uh, and think about how our identity in God changes the way we might look at work, how it might influence the way we look at what we uh, do to pay the bills, but also just how how we interact with the world around us. And I I want to just read um, a, a quick verse from the Gospel of John, chapter fifteen. This is Jesus talking, and Jesus says, "Abide in me, as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me." I am the vine, 
you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. So this is a, this is a picture of, uh, just sort of like a metaphor of um, being connected to Jesus. Jesus is the vine, we're the branches. So staying connected to Jesus means that we will bear fruit. And uh, I wonder what you all think about that and how that relates to what we do in, uh, in our work life. Interesting. Um, I like the way I viewed this question initially. Um, I was thinking, like, I I feel like I could never be, um, like omega rich, like super, like you know, with a lot of money, unless like something just randomly happens where you know it just like happened, like the lottery or something like that. Well, most people won't be. So right. The odds are we won't. But I I think it I think it comes down to um, what it takes to do that, and like in your career or in your in your path, I, I see it a lot in um, I I think I've noticed it in photography a little bit more on um, I'm just not comfortable charging certain prices for certain things, mm. um, and I think it it's because in me I think it's the God in me uh, as far as. I want to make sure things are affordable for people. Like God gave me this gift to do what I do that who am I to price my stuff out of the reach of people who just, you know, couldn't afford it. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think that's where you find, and and, and I don't think it's anything, I don't think it's a negative thing. If you're somebody who does price yourself at, you know, what you're worth or what, you know, you feel like you're worth or whatever. I don't think if you're a millionaire, you're a bad person because you're able to do business on a level where a lot of people might not feel comfortable doing that, that type of business. Like I just can never sell photos for $10,000 a photo, Yeah, you know, if if they, like me personally, I just wouldn't feel comfortable and knowing that yeah. I'm leaving out, you know, a group of people. Well, and 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 thinking about the life of Jesus, if he were th- if he were considering bearing much fruit and what that means, it may not be being a millionaire, would it? Right. Because uh, he actually said the opposite. I think the fruit that he's talking about is not um, being more successful in monetary terms, but it's bearing the fruit of being a loving human. And that's and, what I'm trying to say. Is yeah, I'd rather yeah. sacrifice yeah. the monetary gain to touch more people's lives than to actually, you know, just like, so, like say, okay, well, this is what this is worth. And I'm going to make sure I get every bit out of it. And I might not touch as many people with that, with that, but you know, this is how I'm going to choose to live it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because if you're, if you're, if you're doing something and you're providing a service that no one else can provide, you should be paid for it by your choice. But if you choose to say, okay, I could make this, but instead I'd rather touch like, you know, like do more for, you know, everybody else and feel good about it internally. I think I'm, as far as like internally, I'm more rich than I'll ever need to be because I get to see people smile daily and, and like really, you know, 
effect. So I, I think this is the, the, the secret of this lesson that, that Jesus is letting us in on that, and I'm fascinated by this, that the idea that we might bear the fruit that Jesus is talking about by loving one another, by caring for the sick, by being a, a service to others and loving God and, and, and sharing God's word and wisdom and uh, that through all of that, we actually become richer, if you want to use those words. But the fruit that we bear becomes this fruit for us uh, where we find deep meaning and fulfillment in our life. Not necessarily because we're working for the extra buck or we're working to get extra power or extra status at our job or we're going to get our name on the on the trophy or whatever, but so that we uh, leave this mark on on you and me and, and, and the people around us that that becomes a fulfillment for us and that becomes our identity for uh not not to sound like you know not to come off and sound like vin diesel from fast and the furious i do value family very highly uh so i like the uh, idea of becoming um ex- you know extended family with other people like i don't meet strangers like for me when i when i meet people um a lot of times it just i find something and it clicks and it almost feels like we've been you know friends or family for years by the time it's like by the time our sessions or whatever is done so for me i just like i value that idea of like you know hey i'm able to help you in this situation and you help me by you know just re like rekindling how i feel and it it kind of builds that it helps me stay positive in in tough times it helps me um, knowing that I have, you know, all you guys to lean on and, you know, all these other sources of people who I've, you know, helped or I've done stuff for that I might not have done if I priced myself out yeah, of yeah. that, of their range. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just nice knowing that, Hey, like I, I walk into a, I do DoorDash on the side. I walk into a Bojangles and, you know, I might not be able to afford a drink that day or even a meal. And it's crazy because, God will be like, hey, through working through someone else, hey, are you hungry today? We had, you know, we have extra biscuits or, you know, here, do you want to drink? And it's at the moment when I couldn't get it or when I, you know, wasn't able to to get it or whatever. So, mm. you know, rich people never, it, it seems like they never have a worry or they never have a care that they, they, so they can afford everything. I feel like you can be you don't have to be monetary rich to have the same thing. Just being a good person, when you walk in somewhere, people want to do things for you. So, like, you can be rich on the opposite spectrum and not have very much monetarily, but because of who you've been and because of, the, the like, the way you've carried yourself and the things you've done, it, it brings this richness and people just want to do for you or people just want to help you because they want to see you succeed. And so that's... Right, and that's a bonus, but exactly. the, but the yeah. but the reason is to the reason to be kind to one another and to and to to love one another is is because Jesus said that is the way to find the fruit that is the way to be with Christ and and to find oh, yeah. your you meaning, have to be genuine your in life it. Yeah. and so it's it is something that is so mystical and we're going to be unpacking it for the rest of our lives but uh this is the place that we find our true meaning and fulfillment. And so if a job comes along and it uh, it it permits us to do those things, and I think any job could, I think any job could, um, uh, that would be the defining 
place for us to look for fulfillment is to turn it into a way to love one another like you're talking about do you feel so. like you could answer this question being a, a pastor because i mean your identity would be based in god right with what you do for work seeing as it's god's work so to speak uh the question being how does our identity in god change the way we might look at the way we find meaning and truly fulfilled by work i think uh my my identity in God being that I'm a, a child of God and I am working for God ultimately um, could also totally get mixed up in my job where I could find myself working to, yes, I'm carrying a banner for God as building a church or whatever uh, and, and thinking that it's mine or thinking that mm. it belongs to me or that it my, that it's it's going well because of what I do. And or if you keep check if you keep chasing metrics, yeah, like how many people are attending or how much Ooh. donation is being coming into the church, right? But and and forget that it's the immeasurable things that really matter to God. It's the kindness that's shown to the grieving person. It's the it's the the food that we supply to the kid that goes home hungry every weekend. It's it's those things that are really making a difference. So, I I think. I think just like any other job, it has to have some some balance where uh, I'm considering what do, what do I want to do and what is God really calling me to do, you know? Right. So that's it in a nutshell. This has been a dope episode. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Hope you turn tune in. Uh, the comments are all turned on on our podcast now, so please comment <laughs> and leave us a note. We'd love to respond and let you know uh, and let us know that you're listening and that we can uh, be in this together. So hope you tune in again soon. Thanks for listening. Adios. Bye.